All right, welcome to another edition of Really Healthy. Scott Mitchell here, your host, and uh, of course, Melanie Douglas is uh, my other host. Mm -hmm. Melanie Douglas is stuck somewhere because of weather, (laughs) I believe, in our nation's capital. So I'm here by myself today, and I'm here with Tara Finnerty. Finnerty. Yes. Uh, so tell me a little bit about yourself, Tara, and yeah. why why are you here today? All right. So I am a registered dietitian and ketogenic specialist. I've been specializing in the ketogenic therapies for a little over six years now. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I uh, started out at Primary Children's Hospital. That's actually where I still currently work. Um, uh, using ketogenic diet as a medical therapy for children with uncontrolled epilepsy. So that's kind of how my journey began. Um, and then over the last couple of years, kind of been breaking out to utilizing um, ketogenic therapy in, for general health, longevity, increasing health span, uh, diabetes, cancer, heart disease. So working more with adults um, privately. Um, and uh, yeah, just kind of it's I'm allowing it to evolve organically from there. So awesome. So ketogenic uh-huh. diet. Yes. So people call it the keto diet. Right, yeah. So it also had its origins with the Atkins diet. Is uh-huh. that is it the same type uh, it's of not, because, So yeah, that's How a good long question. has it been around? Oh, well, what actually is it? And, uh-huh. and and before before you get so I'm a guinea pig. Okay. Okay. I'm on a keto plan right now. Uh, I'm in the, this process. This is what our whole program is about. So we're really excited to have you on first uh-huh. of all. And uh, so so I'm going through this process and I don't know that I'm flying blind, but I'm learning as I go. <laughs> yeah. So, so where did this all start? Well, ketogenic. So everybody calls it keto. Uh, ketogenic is the full name. It just okay. basically means we're using fat for fuel ketones. It's been around. It's not new. In right. fact, um, you know, as far as a diet, the ketogenic diet. I mean, it's been around since the early 1900s, um, and then it kind of was silenced um, for a while as new medications were developed to treat epilepsy, and then reawakened in the late 1990s by famous Hollywood director Jim Abrams. Um, whose son had um, epilepsy, and then uh, since that time, it's kind of expanded from there. So um, along the same time frame, you know, there's Atkins diet, so you kind of brought up the Atkins, and that they're actually, Robert C. Atkins was actually on the right path as far as reducing carbohydrates to help in management of weight and obesity and diabetes, and um, but that was more geared toward more of a higher protein at that time, Um, not so much focus on fat, um, but still low carb. And so really the difference between Atkins and a keto diet is um, it's a little bit higher fat, a little bit lower carb, moderate protein, not excessive or low. Um, and to actually help the body finally tap into a fuel source that's been silenced for 50 to 60 years, which is ketosis. And so, you know, ketosis is not new. In fact, we would cease to exist as a human being today if we didn't have the ability to tap into ketosis. So, for example, our our example, our ancestors, I mean, through feast and famine, and especially those of like northern climates, they they had to be able to go periods of time without um, food and they naturally went into ketosis. So it's it's genetically hardwired into our blueprint, our genetic blueprint to be able to tap into another source of fuel. So it's not necessarily like a fad or something that's fairly recent or uh, it, there, there are parts of it that maybe like Dr. Adkins where, you know, he's, it's on the right track. He's yeah. on the right track. Right. But so, so there's a, there's a right way and a wrong way to, to do all this. So mm-hmm. essentially 
tell me about what um, what actually hap what when you say tap into this fuel source. Mm -hmm. What, what, what yeah, what does it mean to get into ketosis and, 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 and What's what, are you, what are you trying to accomplish? Okay, so the keto diet is the only diet that essentially allows the body to shift from burning glucose that comes from like carbohydrates and sugar to using ketones that are broken down from fat, either from dietary fat that we ingest or from stored body fat. And by doing this, it it actually allows the body to liberalize fat from stores to help with weight loss. But it's not just weight loss. In fact, weight loss is just a benefit of a healthy, healthy person. And so by tapping into ketones, and really how I like to explain this to people so it makes sense, is that you think of your, yourself as a car, just keep it really simple, and you drive up to the gas tank, right? The, get the fuel station. What kind of car would I be if I was a car? What kind of car do you want to be? I, Maserati just popped <laughs> okay, into my so mind. Okay, so Maserati, you're driving okay. the Maserati up to the fuel tank. Do you put unleaded fuel in your Maserati? No. Usually do that premium, high right. octane, yeah. maybe even jet fuel if you had the option, right? Right. Right. Yeah. So you can choose, right? You're at the gas station and you can choose to put unleaded or you can put high octane premium fuel in, into your engine. And we know that the cleaner the fuel source, the better the car will run, or essentially your body, the cells in your body. And so I like to think, and I, you know, maybe I'm biased a little bit, but it's the science is actually showing that our cells do prefer ketones when chosen. If, it, if, if you have glucose or ketones to be used for fuel, the cells are choosing ketones. Okay, so um, if you're ingesting fat, Right, right. Because because what we're trying essentially for me, simple mind here, mm -hmm. you're trying to burn fat. Right. Whether it's from inside your body or as you said, stuff you intake. Right. Exogenously right? And take so, out. Yeah. So fat comes in all different forms. There's uh -huh. healthy fat and unhealthy fat. Right. We've Correct. Yes. All, all, just keeping it simple. Yeah. Yeah. So is it possible? And I'm just thinking of this for myself. Mm -hmm. Is it possible for me to ingest too much fat? Mm -hmm. Even if it's good sources like avocados, not wh wherever it comes from, mm -hmm. and and so my body's going to burn all of the fat that I ingest, and it's not actually going to start uh, burning my stored fat mm -hmm. or or get into ketosis. Right. Yeah. So that's a really good question. Um, in fact, and you know we we are coming to find out that um, weight is much more than just calories in, calories out, right? And um, it's actually more of a hormonal dysregulation that's causing excessive weight gain. And so, but at the end of the day, calories do matter. So you can gain weight okay. on keto. So though they're not the focus though. So here's what my tip for people is when you're first starting a ketogenic diet, you're training the machinery within your cells to use ketones. They're not used to it though. and at that point, you don't want to calorie restrict. You, you don't want to calorie, most of people actually don't need to calorie restrict and they will regulate their natural caloric intake by their appetite because it will now be able, you'll now be able to sense true appetite and true fullness and true hunger. But at the end of the day, what happens over time, maybe three months down the road or something, you're still consuming excessive amount of fat beyond what your body needs. 
Um, yeah, there may be a point where you may hinder the ability to, to tap into your tap stored into reserves. Right. So you may want to dial back a little bit okay. over time. In the beginning, I say add the fat so we can train your cells in your body to use it. To actually use it. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back, though. I want to find out, because there, there's a lot of misconceptions about this. For sure. And, yeah. I, and I want to share with you maybe some of the things that are happening with me, because I yeah. found them, like, fascinating. Uh -huh. So yeah, it is All right, fascinating. you're listening to, to Really Healthy. Uh, we'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to Really Healthy. I'm here with Tara Finnerty, who is, you are a registered dietitian and you work with primary children's and you have your own private, uh, private practice. practice. Uh -huh. um, so I, I want to tell you a little bit about what, what I'm doing. So, so we're, we're, uh, we're on this little journey for me to figure out what's real health. Cause I've, you know, you hear all these things. It's like eggs are good for you. Eggs are bad for you. Keto's good for you. Keto's bad for you. And I'm wondering where it all comes from, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. so I'm trying to get to the bottom of why is this good? Mm -hmm. So with me, when I started this, it was like, I don't, I don't eat as much. And when I eat, I'm like, I seriously, like, I had breakfast this morning, mm -hmm. the, early this morning, and it's, it's afternoon now, and That's I'm so still not hungry. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, I'm just like, I'm not, you know, and for me, it was like, where's the next meal? Where's the next snack? Where's the next thing? And I just, yeah. I had yeah. this, uh, and, and I'm not, and I'm really satisfied uh -huh. right now. Like, I'm not even, so, uh, cool. so what's going on what's going in my, on? yeah, I mean, yeah. Why, why is that happening? Well, you have a lot of fuel that you can use. Even a lean athlete is storing about 70,000 calories worth of fuel, whereas 70,000, 70, depending on the athlete, a lean athlete, let alone someone who's overweight. And so you have this endless... So is that, is that why a person would die of what... Um being dehydrated before they'd actually die from exactly. starvation. Exactly, yeah, yeah, have, and obviously the leaner so the person may reasons. not last as long. In yeah. fact, the world record for fasting was 382 days. What? 382 days, supervised okay, fasting. Like, it was almost 500 pounds. Clarify fasting. Like, um, absolutely, ev only like, water and essential vitamins and nutrients. It was a guy from Scotland, I think back early, like 19, I don't know, I was in 1870s, 1980s. Oh you can goodness. look him up, 382 days. Um, and dropped like to 180 pounds from almost, I believe, 500 pounds, four to 500 pounds. I can't remember which one it was, but um, yeah. So, so, so the point was, he has stored with, fuel. Okay. So, you have so fuel. Yeah, you have stored fuel. So, so by looking at me, how many days do you think I could last? Like, I'm just kidding. Oh, just a couple. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so yeah, the the point is, is we have a reserve tank, and in fact, we you know, so it's okay that if you feel full, like right now, you're saying. God, you ate breakfast early this morning. You feel fantastic. I mean, have you ever been on any type of diet or way of eating that's ever done that for you? Or have you, you, most people end up on other diets are just starving all the time. They're hungry. It's about calorie restriction. Where this isn't about calorie restriction. It's about just allowing your body to finally tap into that fuel tank um, that you have reserved. And so what's happening is um, where what the diet is doing is suppressing insulin. Okay, so insulin is this hormone that gets sugar where it needs to go for once, for one thing. And it's also known as a fat storage hormone. And when insulin is elevated and very high, you absolutely cannot tap into your reserve tank. So this chronic eating of high processed carbohydrates um, and 
not tapping into ketones or this other fuel source is keeping your insulin high. And there's no way you're ever going to tap into your reserve tank. You've finally been able so, to access that. Yeah. So when you when you get high insulin levels, is that the the start of diabetes? Is that where that all comes yeah, from? Yeah, yeah. And in you, fact, I mean, people... You have elevated insulin levels. Right, and, and, yeah, so insulin... But then what happens? Because this is what happened yeah. to my dad. My dad got, had diabetes, and then he had... And it was awful. Mm-hmm. It was six years yeah. of watching my dad. I mean, like, torturous mm-hmm. amputations mm-hmm. and just diseases and infections and, and just awful things. Right. Uh, he had a... Uh, a safety pin, you know, a safety pin mm-hmm. went right through the heel of his foot, straight I in, never knew it. and he had no idea it yeah. was there. Yeah. And he was like, it, it had to have been there at least three or four days uh-huh. before he even knew it was in there. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, just horrific things. Right. Yeah. So, and, and is that what causes? Yeah. So, the, insulin resistance. Insulin? Another term to look at it is carbohydrate intolerance. So, although you may in your twenties or teens and twenties, you did fine, right? But over time, with this chronic ingestion of carbohydrate, you're becoming intolerant. Think of it like even lactose intolerant or an allergy. And although you don't get an immediate response by consuming it, you get this delayed response over time creeping up to diabetes and heart disease and even cancer and Alzheimer's. And so basically with diabetes is kind of a later stage of insulin resistance that could have been actually diagnosed. We can diagnose insulin resistance far before our blood sugars take a toll. So insulin's coming out like a fire hose. How do you diagnose it? You can get fasting insulin level from your doctor and long before and the problem is like, you know, we go in for a physical, right? Mm -hmm. And your doctor checks your panel and looks at your blood glucose and it's in the normal range. Oh, you don't have, you're not pre-diabetic or diabetic yet. But behind the scenes, where I was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So behind the scenes, if you checked a fasting insulin, it would be high. So showing insulin's working overtime, like a fire hose, keeping these blood sugars down. And if we, Uh, we could have caught that, we could have said, look, and finally the insulin says, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I've had enough. Blood sugar starts going up. We start storing that glucose as fat. That's what happens is we can't get it into the cell anymore. Blood sugar, it's, high blood sugar is toxic. So our body takes care of it in one way. It gets it to the cell to be used as fuel. Or it says, guess what? We have insulin resistance now. It's knocking on the door of the cell to get that blood sugar in, but it's not getting in. So what happens now is it's taking that sugar and turning it into fat being stored as adipose tissue to keep, try to keep our blood sugars down. Is it reversible? I mean, like, because you work with mm-hmm. people who have issues, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. and part of this diet is to help. Can you eliminate it? Can you reverse the effects of uh-huh. it? What 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 are some of the health benefits? So specifically with diabetes, um, yeah, they're, they're Verta Health. I would recommend for anybody with diabetes or the concern for diabetes uh, to go to Verta, V-I-R-T-A Health. It's doing a massive five-year study, and they are reversing type 2 diabetes. And in fact... Um, their studies are, can't be ignored any longer. The, the, um, I think it was the American Diabetes Association finally come out to say that low-carb diets are the key to reversing type 2 diabetes, which is incredible. And actually, they're reversing it in a matter of weeks, not months. Really? Yes. It's that, yeah. it's that fast. It's that effective, yeah. And so a word of caution, though, anybody with diabetes that's considering low-carb diets or ketogenic diets, if you're on insulin and medication, you need the help of a, a professional, of your medical doctor, to help lower those. You within weeks, that medication will need to be lowered, and you can find yourself in trouble oh, if not. So, if you, oh, so mm-hmm. it's really important that if if you have those types of issues to 
have it monitored uh, yes. as you're as you're going. So you, your doctor can you, help lower meds. You shouldn't you shouldn't just go out on your own and just say uh, no because you know. yeah your need for those medications will change and you need a, a healthcare professional to help guide you off of those. Okay, we're we're going to come back here in a minute, mm-hmm. and uh, we got to take a break. But I, I want to talk about. Um, you mentioned it's not it's not just protein, mm-hmm. and there's this balance because there are mm-hmm. certain levels of, of carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. So maybe some of the foods and kind of kind of what a, a typical keto diet might Should look, look like. like. Yeah, yeah, you bet. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back, and we'll find the optimum keto diet. <laughs> All right, welcome back to uh, Really Healthy. I'm here with uh, Tara Finnerty. Uh, we're talking about keto, uh, keto ketogenic diet. Uh-huh. I, I like keto. It's just easier it's, for me. It's the yeah. short, yeah, yeah. short term. Yeah. I yeah. can't remember my name most of the time, so i got to keep it really, really <laughs> I was hitting keto. the head a lot yeah. in a former life, so it's like we, gotta, we have to... Um, so we're, we're, we're talking about keto today and, and some of the different... Um, there's misconceptions about it, which I want to talk about, but, mm-hmm. I, but I also, right, right now, I want to talk about, and maybe it is part of the misconception of it, um, is, this, is this a long-term proposition? Mm-hmm. I mean, can a person sustain this? Is it healthy to sustain this? Is it, is it just to help you get back to a normal level or, or get away from diabetes or any of those other issues? So is it, is it something that I can go, yeah, I can, I can do this forever? I, I think that's a great question um, that a lot of people have. And, you know, I want to put it out there first. There's no long-term study specifically for lightweight management and diabetes, although the studies that we are seeing are very promising. And what we know is um, it's what we see is it's safe. And we have kids doing it for years for epilepsy, and, and they've been safe to do. So um, as far as doing it long-term, I would say yes. And over time, there may be a little bit more flexibility Um, with your diet as far as finding different balances, what we call metabolic flexibility, the ability to be able to tap in to glucose or ketones, just kind of like our ancestors did, you know. Because I'm doing really good now, you know, but, oh, I love pizza. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, and so how do you... How do you manage maybe the craving for that? And that, that's what yeah. you're talking about is they're potentially... Over time, yeah. So we're, you kind of tap into ketones to start to uh, get the body used to using fat for fuel, building the me- metabolic machinery to use fat for fuel that's been silenced for so many years. And then over time, and, you know, my I follow a ketogenic diet myself, and I have for quite a while, but I don't follow the same diet I did um, a year ago that I do today, but I'm still ketogenic. And it's important that you tailor and adjust your diet as you evolve. So we need to chase healthy, optimal outcomes, not a healthy diet. We're looking for outcomes. And everybody's diet will be different. There's no one size fits all, not even to keto. And so the problem is people are making keto too hard. They're trying to say, like, I have to hit this and this and this. Well, maybe for them that's not right. Maybe we need to adjust um, the diet to fit them. What ha- what helps you to know how to make that adjustment? Like, yeah. you know, instead of just, I'm just doing it, I, it doesn't work for me. How, right. Where, where's, what, what are the, what are the markers that show right. 
you need an adjustment here. So when I f when people first come to see me and they don't know a lot about the ketogenic diet and um, a good place I start everybody, I kind of have a simple principles to start on and that's maybe you keep your carbs to 20 grams per day. We know that you'll less than 50, you'll likely hit ketosis. 20 will give us a safe zone if you're insulin resistant, diabetes. So we say- So 20 grams of carbohydrates, right. give us an example of what that might be. Well, like half an apple a so day? Uh, one slice <laughs> of, it, yeah, so one slice it, of bread, even though I wouldn't use bread on a ketogenic diet, but a, a simple perspective, one slice of bread is about 20 grams of carb. Yeah. Um, a glass of, eight ounce glass of milk is 12 grams of carbohydrate. So those foods actually aren't really consumed on a ketogenic diet. We want those carbs to come from hopefully non-starchy vegetables right. for the most part. And in fact, my philosophy is... Kale and spinach didn't make you fat, right? So stop, don't count those. <laughs> right. So okay. I actually oh, really? do the opposite and say do not count starchy, non-starchy vegetables. Potatoes, corn, and peas, you got to count those, right? So don't count like um, broccoli, no. spinach? No, That's that. I've yet to get anybody in ketosis um, that, ha that we had to count those. But the starchy ones, absolutely. You do need to count those because even a potato has more of an effect on your blood sugar than white bread. So it's, an, you know, you got to make sure you know what your carbs are. What about like fruit? So fruits, fruit you have to dial back a little bit. Is it better like berries? like Berries and once a day, yeah, yeah. Berries, blueberries, blackberries, strawberries, raspberries, those are good. The other fruits, you probably want to dial back a little bit. So mango is not really good. Over time, you may, on occasion, kidding. I'll have mangoes on my salad, yeah. but it's very few, you yeah. know. So we don't want those carbs. We don't want you to say, I'm going to have five, five or ten grams worth of pretzels. So we're getting rid of refined foods. We're eating whole foods. That's the key with a good quality ketogenic diet. Get rid of the, you can eat a really bad ketogenic diet. I see people do it all the time and they lack results because they're eating processed keto foods, right? They're drinking a premier protein shake in the morning. Um, yeah. And then for lunch, they're eating an Atkins bar that's low carb. So, so there are those those keto approved foods and they're not all necessarily good for you then well is they're that... processed so the point is i eat those on occasion like if i'm out and about and i need something um so they have a purpose and it's nice to have those but the problem is i'm seeing people not willing to put effort into eating whole foods anymore and you you'll lose you won't you'll find yourself plateauing and lacking energy if you don't focus on eating high quality nutrient dense real food so is it uh, so it's still kind of a general principle. If it comes, uh, if it's if it's made in a plant, don't eat it. If it's a plant, eat it. Kind yeah. of thing. I mean, there's some similarities. Yeah, there. I I love that, and I actually think a perfect keto or ketotarian diet is the one that kind of utilizes principles of paleo primal, where it's we're really focusing on if it if it doesn't have a face or it wasn't grown in the ground, don't eat it. And then then taking in the keto aspect because paleo primal is like one step above keto. And so they got the concepts of whole food. Now let's pull in the concepts of using fat as a fuel source for, um, you know, increased energy and um, weight loss. And then now you got that perfect kind of well-formulated well ketogenic diet. So people say, oh, I'm keto, I drop carbs, and then they're going into mm. Arby's, right? And they're getting yeah. a, a fish fillet sandwich without the bread and a Diet Coke, and they like, oh, I'm keto. Well, actually, you're not going to feel very good. You may lose weight initially, but you're going to plateau and feel terrible. And then you're going to say, well, the keto diet doesn't work. Well, it's how they did the diet that didn't work. All right, really briefly, um, tell me it's like why, why this is something you can do long term mm -hmm. and maybe, uh, maybe 
some of the myths that aren't accurate. Well, let's just go with what are, what are some of the myths that aren't accurate? Okay, with so keto? one uh, common myth is that, um, you know, that ketosis isn't safe. Well, keto do you know that most people go in ketosis while you sleep? Do you know that babies are born in ketosis? Do you know our ancestors had to be in ketosis? We would not exist today if we didn't have the ability to go in ketosis. And it's confused, even among surprisingly healthcare professionals, that, oh, ketoacidosis or diabetic right. ketoacidosis, that's an entirely different mechanism um, and pathology than nu nutritional ketosis. Okay, so we're just tapping into, we're using a different fuel source for our cells. So the, a common misconception is that it's unsafe or it's a state of emergency, and that's completely wrong. Um, so I would say that was that would be yeah, one of them. I, I, I like that. I appreciate. It. All right, we, we're out yeah, of time. Okay. Uh, and I have so much more. So uh, can we have you back again uh, I'd love in to the be future? Back. Yeah. Awesome. This has been wonderful. Thank okay. you so much. Yep. All right, you've uh, listened to Really Healthy with Scott Mitchell. Melanie Douglas is not here. We hope you have a really healthy day.